98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The chief executive warns people against dropping their guard, saying COVID cases have stopped falling in recent days. Private hospital chiefs warn that their patients may flood emergency rooms if they have to give up more beds to the public sector. And in Ukraine, President Zelensky welcomes leaders from three neighboring countries to Kiev, despite the Russian bombardment. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says a number of COVID cases in Hong Kong has plateaued in recent days after showing a decline since numbers reached a peak on the third of this month. She also revealed that more than 180,000 people self-reported COVID infections via rapid home tests between February 26th and March 5th, when they were first included in daily statistics. The figure came from a self-reporting website launched last week. Mrs. Lamb said people should not let their guard down. Judging from the um, high numbers that we have seen, uh, it will not be a surprise that there are still a lot of silent transmissions uh, in society. And if people uh, now become a bit relaxed and they go out more often and they have gatherings and so on, then this transmission will continue because Omicron is very, very highly transmissible. Meanwhile, the CE said authorities would seal off beaches to stop people from gathering there. Mrs. Lamb said the central government had been very understanding and supportive of Hong Kong in view of the coronavirus outbreak here. She was asked whether Beijing had expressed concern over travelers from the SAR seeding infections on the mainland. The CE said mainland authorities had not stopped Hong Kong people from going there. With the uh, clusters now being seen very close to Hong Kong, that is in our neighboring city of Shenzhen, uh, one would expect that Shenzhen could easily close the border, that no Hong Kong uh, uh, passengers could cross the border into Shenzhen in order to uh, uh, cut the transmission. But Shenzhen has not taken this uh, act, and I believe the Central People's Government also uh, does not want to see this happen. The head of the Private Hospitals Association has warned that patients will be forced back into the public system if private hospitals give up too many beds. William Ho made the comment after reports that the head of the hospital authority, Henry Fan, expressed disappointment that private hospitals were only offering a 1,000 beds for non-COVID patients from the public sector. Dr. Ho said that if half of the SAR's 2,500 private beds were surrendered, the private sector would lack enough space for its own patients. For example, if we can actually operate 60% of beds, you take up 50%. Can we only have 10% of capacity left for private patients? Is that realistic? If that's the government's decision, we can't really object to it. But then is it that after you fill up public hospitals, you fill up the private ones? Patients can't go anywhere if they don't have COVID. They will just go back to A&E departments in the end, right? The hospital authority is beginning the distribution today of a groundbreaking antiviral drug for COVID-19. Clinical trials of Paxlovid indicate that it can reduce hospital admissions and deaths by almost 90 percent. The drug will be given to high-risk patients with mild symptoms at designated clinics, elderly care homes, and public hospitals. University of Hong Kong epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says the drug can substantially decrease serious cases, but it's vital to deliver it early. It looks very promising from the clinical trials. If it's given early, as early as possible, then from the clinical trials, that there's an indication that it could substantially reduce the risk of severe disease. Now, if it's given to people after...
after a, a few days of illness, after a week of illness, when they go to the hospital in, in a serious condition already, it won't work so well. It really has to be given very, very early. Meanwhile, Professor Cowling says it's not time to relax social distancing measures despite falling case numbers. He noted that more people had been seen moving around the SAR, which could slow the declining trend. But he told RTHK that there were many recovered COVID patients in the population who were unlikely to be reinfected. Thankfully, the case numbers are coming down. They're coming down slowly, but I think they will continue to come down. Uh, we know there have already been a lot of infections. Now, there's, a, there's a, a large number of confirmed cases and, of course, many more infections which were not confirmed. Uh, so we know that this epidemic is, is on the decline. The numbers will continue to go down to a low level, but, but not, not quite yet. So I don't think it's a good time yet to relax the measures that we have in place. Let's, let's wait until the numbers get a little bit lower. Hong Kong reported almost 28,000 new COVID infections yesterday. A representative of a trade group for care homes says the government is struggling to hire staff for the industry on the mainland amid a growing number of cases there. Grace Lee of the Elderly Services Association says more than 2,000 people applied for 1,000 jobs working in the SAR's care homes, but only about 20 have so far proceeded to take up positions. Ms. Lee says a manpower shortage of care homes is increasing as some staff have left to work in holding centers for COVID patients with mild symptoms. Authorities on the mainland have reported fewer than 2,000 new COVID cases, barely half the number a day earlier. However, the northeastern province of Jilin remains the hardest hit in the mainland's biggest outbreak in two years. Vicky Wong reports. The National Health Commission reported 1,860 new local coronavirus cases in the past day, down from some 3,500 a day earlier. Nearly 80% of the domestic infections were in Jilin province. The province, which is under lockdown, saw 1,456 new cases, the vast majority of them in the city of Changchun. Elsewhere, Guangdong province logged 59 new locally spread cases, with 55 of them identified in Shenzhen. Foreign Minister Wang Yi has said that escalating sanctions imposed by the United States and Europe against Russia have made it more difficult to accelerate a sluggish global economic recovery. Aaron Tam reports. Wang Yi said Western sanctions on Russia have damaged the people's livelihood of various countries. Speaking with Dutch Deputy Prime Minister Wupke Hoekstra, he called on all parties to do more to promote peace talks, not the opposite. He also pointed out that the top priority for the international community at the moment is to deal with a possible large-scale humanitarian crisis in Ukraine. Mr. Wang said the conflict will eventually end and said he hopes that European countries can sit down with Russia to discuss ways forward to achieve long-term stability in Europe. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has said peace talks with Russia are beginning to sound more realistic, but he said more time was needed to reach a breakthrough. He said victory over Russia would require the work of all Ukrainian citizens, including the negotiating team that's been holding talks with the Russians via video link. Everyone should work, including our representatives, our delegation, for negotiations with the Russian Federation. It is difficult, but important, as any war ends with an agreement. The meetings continue, and I am informed that the positions during the negotiations already sound more realistic. But time is still needed for the decisions to be in the interests of Ukraine. The next round is due to take place late today. 
Mr. Zelensky also thanked the Prime Minister of Poland, the Czech Republic and Slovenia for traveling to Kyiv to meet him despite the continuing bombardment by Russian forces. Their visit to the Ukrainian capital at such a difficult time was, he said, greatly appreciated. The Polish Prime Minister, Mateusz Morawiecki, said Ukraine could count on the help of its friends. The European Union has to invite Ukraine to the European Union and all the defensive weapons to defend your homes. We will never leave you alone because we know that you are fighting not only for your homes, for your freedom, for your security, but also for ours. Russia has continued its attacks on Kyiv, where a 35-hour curfew has gone into force. Officials in Ukraine say close to 30,000 people were able to escape from cities encircled by Russian forces on Tuesday. About 20,000 managed to use a humanitarian corridor to drive out of the southern port city of Mariupol in hundreds of cars as the Russian siege there tightened. Some described the journey as harrowing as they drove off-road to avoid Russian forces. This woman was among them. We survived on absolutely nothing. The first days while the shops were open, we bought flour, whatever there was. Then they cut off the gas and the electricity and the heating. So people set up kitchens in the yards between the housing blocks. We all slept in our clothes, in our many layers on as we could put on. President Biden has agreed to a spending bill that includes more than 13 billion U.S. dollars in security assistance to Ukraine. He'll take part in an emergency NATO summit in Europe next week. Today, NATO defense ministers will hold their first meeting since the Russian attack. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg warned Russia could be gearing up to carry out a false flag attack. Uh, we'll bring that audio for you at a later time. The journalist who interrupted Russia's main TV news bulletin to protest against the Russian attack on Ukraine has spoken to reporters after being released from court. Marina Ofsianikova, an editor on Russia's flagship Channel One, said her interrogation had lasted for more than 14 hours. She repeated her opposition to what the Kremlin still calls a special military operation. It was my own anti-war decision. I made this decision by myself because I uh, don't like uh, Russia, Russia start this uh, invasion. It's, uh, it was really terrible. New Zealand is to bring forward plans to open its borders to foreign travelers after two years of COVID restrictions. Australians will be allowed to enter the country without self-isolating from April the 13th. Fully vaccinated travelers from about 60 other countries will be allowed to enter from May the 3rd. New Zealand's borders have been largely closed since March 2020. The Prime Minister, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said New Zealand was ready to welcome the world back. I know from visiting tourism operators and talking to their staff how tough these past two years have been. And not only because of the massive loss of tourism revenue, but because we lost something we derive so much of our identity from. Thank you for the hard yards you did on behalf of all of us. And alongside you, I'm so pleased we can begin a new chapter. 
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 18,915. That's 500 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $113 billion. In currencies, the U.S. dollar will currently buy you 118.17 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and nine cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 21 cents. To sport, and Spain's Atletico Madrid and Portugal's Benfica have progressed to the quarterfinals in football's European Champions League. Manchester United are out. They dropped their second leg 1-0 to Atletico at Old Trafford. The BBC's Jordan Elgott report. Manchester United have been knocked out of the Champions League by Atletico Madrid. They went, went into the second leg at Old Trafford with the score at one all on aggregate, but Renan Lodi's first half header gives the Spanish champions a 1-0 victory at Old Trafford, a 2-1 aggregate win and a place in the quarter-finals. They'll be joined in the last eight by Benfica, who also won 1-0 away at Ajax to give them a 3-2 aggregate win. After United's 1-0 loss, Captain Harry Maguire said he saw Atletico commit a foul in the build-up to their goal. It looked like it was fouled maybe once the first time, and then he goes by the second man, and then it looked like he's fouled, and then the ref, I think, looks like he's going to blow for a foul. He's looking around, looking at his fourth, looking at his assistant, looking for someone to help him, and he ends up didn't give the foul. So, listen... The decisions didn't go our way tonight, but we had long enough in the game to, to, to try and come back and get a goal and get the equaliser, and we didn't manage to do it. Goalkeeper David De Gea says it's disappointing to go another season without a trophy. Of course, it's not good enough. It's, it's hard. It's, uh, it's hard for, for the club, for, for us, for the fans. It's really hard. Uh, this is where we are at the, at the moment. Difficult situation, and we need to keep fighting, keep, keep trying our best, but... To be honest, it's a, it's a tough moment again. I feel sad, I feel sad, I feel uh, for the fans as well and for everyone, but we are not, not good enough. Chelsea have withdrawn a request for Saturday's FA Cup tie at Middlesbrough to be played without fans. Chelsea aren't able to sell tickets after the UK government froze the assets of owner Roman Abramovich following Russia's attack on Ukraine. They initially made the request for what they called matters of sporting integrity, but have now removed the request. Henrik Stenson will captain Europe in golf's Ryder Cup next year. Stenson is the first player from Sweden to be named European skipper, having helped his side to victory over the United States in three of the five times he played. The Europeans are looking to reclaim the title following victory for USA in Wisconsin last September. And taking a look at the weather, mainly cloudy, sunny intervals during the day, uh, moderate to fresh easterly winds, and the outlook rather warm with sunny intervals during the day in the next few days. The temperature right now at the observatory is 23 degrees, with the relative humidity standing at 72%. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. On the show today, after 1.30, I welcome Jayang Javeri to open up JJ's Music Box. Every Wednesday, Jayang takes us on a journey into the life and music of internationally renowned female vocalists. This week, we travel to Brazil as Jayang introduces us to Ustrod Gilberto, the Brazilian samba and bossa nova singer who gained international attention in the 1960s. And then after 2 p.m., Cruz McCallaghan brings out her washing basket this week for her audio column as her chosen subject is laundry. Ooh. Well, that'll give you something to think about. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, be very careful and not use all the puns to do with washing and all sorts, but because it just kind of gets you in a spin. <laughs> 